Amen. Well, we want to welcome you, and if you're watching online, we're glad you're here today. This morning, we're going to continue our series entitled Unleashed, and I want you to look with me in Psalms 81, uh, Psalms 81 verse 10. The Psalms is said, as God is speaking, He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, so open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. If you look at that first point, just a couple recaps from last week. We said the heartbeat of this message is really to teach us to learn how to open wide our mouths and allow God to fill our mouths with His Word. To learn how to open our mouths and let God fill our mouths with His Word. Why is that important? Well, it's important because Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 and 21 says this. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, and from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Your life will be filled with the fruit of your mouth. And we made this statement last week. If you're not happy with the condition of your life, you need to begin by changing the words of your mouth. If you're not happy with the condition of your life, you need to begin by changing the words that are in your mouth. Why? Because a man's stomach is filled by the fruit of his lips, and his life will be filled with the produce that comes out of his mouth. And the very next verse goes on and says, And death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so we begin to recognize last week the significance of our words. Look at that next point. One more quick recap for those of you that may not were here last week. We said that our words have spiritual authority. They have spiritual authority over every realm of our life. The physical realm, the spiritual realm, the relational and financial realm. Literally everything in our lives is shaped by the power of our words. Matthew 16 verse 19, Jesus said, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And we recognize that our words have spiritual power, that every word that we speak is either creating a platform for God to work, or it's opening a door for Satan to steal, kill, and destroy and that what we speak on earth is established in the heavens and whatever is established in the heavens gets manifested in our lives and we've got to check our hearts because we also have to check our mouth Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart the mouth will speak and so we've got to make sure that we are guarding the words of our mouth and letting God fill our mouth with his words amen and so let's uh, kind of dive in where we want to go today. We've got a lot of great stuff to talk about this morning. Today, I want to start with something we wrapped up with last week. Last week, I shared with you that there are three unique expressions of our words that God has given us in order to release the power of God into our lives, into our families, and into our world. We talked last week real briefly. We said God has given us the power of praise the power of prayer and the power of prophecy and that through those three expressions of our words we can unleash the power of God in our lives to change our world for good and for God's glory. So today we're going to kind of drill down and kind of dive a little bit deeper into what is the power of our praise. So let's talk about that. For all you note takers this should be the first point on your outline. So the power of our praise is amazing right because praise is powerful praise is powerful but to unleash the power of praise we have to open wide our mouths 
Praise is powerful, but in order to release the power of praise, you've got to open your mouth. Look with me in Hebrews 13, verse 15. I love this verse. I think this verse probably gives us the greatest insight into a biblical spiritual understanding of the power of prayer and it really gives us a definition or the power of praise and it gives us a definition of what praise really is in the heart and the mind of God. Listen to what the scripture says. It says, therefore by him, and I put in parentheses Jesus, because if you back up and read the previous scriptures, you find out that the Bible talks about the sacrifice that Jesus made. And because Jesus was willing to carry our sins out of the city to the hill called Golgotha, and there he died openly to triumph over our sin, therefore because of Jesus, because of the sacrifice that he made, because of the salvation that he is given because of the redemption that he has offered us therefore because of Jesus look what it says let us continually won't you look at your neighbor and say continually y'all say it real loud continually let us continually we're gonna learn today how important continual praise is and when I talk about continual praise, I don't mean you've got to walk around 24-7 saying praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I'm just talking about that there should be a continual flow of praise in your mouth. How many know we all know people that have continual negativity, continual death, continual chaos, continual discord, continual strife that flows out of their mouth. And they're continually saying something negative. They're continually cursing and bringing death instead of bringing life. And so the author of Hebrews, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, encourages us, because of what Jesus has done, let us continually, consistently, let our mouths be filled with a sacrifice of praise. What's interesting about the scriptures, it calls praise a sacrifice. Think about this. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we no longer have to offer bulls and goats. Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad we don't come to church every Sunday and you got to kill something? I mean, I'm so thankful for that. I mean, we're going to kill a pig on July 31st, and we're going to have a big luau here at church. But other than that, I'm glad you couldn't kill a pig anyway in the Old Testament. That wouldn't work. God didn't like pig. Come on, somebody. I'm glad he redeemed it. Can I get an amen? Woo, praise you, Jesus. All right, we're going to move on. I'm going to get called up right here. I'll get in trouble. I'm so thankful that because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we no longer have to sacrifice animals. But guess what? Because of his sacrifice, we now offer the sacrifice of praise. And how many of you understand that sacrifice is going to cost you something? Sacrifice is not what we give just because we feel like it. We're going to offer the sacrifice of praise continually on the good days and on the bad days. When we're on the mountain and when we're in the valley. When we're on the top of our game and we're at the bottom of our game. When everything's going our way and when nothing is going our way, we're supposed to offer the sacrifice of praise. And what we're going to learn today is we're going to learn why. Why in the world would God tell us to continually offer the sacrifice of praise? We're going to see that through the power of praise, things change. Can I get an amen from somebody? And then the author of Hebrew goes on and look what he says. He says, let us offer continually a sacrifice to praise, praise to God. And then he defines what praise is. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. The sacrifice of praise is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Look at that next point on your outline. Praise is not mental acknowledgement. It is a verbal expression of thanksgiving. Praise is not mental acknowledgement. 
It's wonderful that in your mind you're saying, thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. But until you open your mouth, it's not praise. The sacrifice of praise is the fruit of your mouth. It's you opening your mouth and uttering words of thanksgiving that give glory and honor to God. That is the sacrifice of praise. And two things I want you to think about as we kind of work through this message today. I want you to think about two expressions of praise. There is personal praise and there is corporate praise. And what we're going to see today is that personal praise and corporate praise are so significant to what God wants to do in the earth that God is bestowing us, God is encouraging us, God is compelling us by the Holy Spirit and the Word of the Lord to live this life of continual praise and adoration to the Lord. Why? Because praise changes things. So praise is not mental acknowledgement. It is that verbal expression. Praise is a sacrifice we offer to God by faith when we open wide our mouths. Look with me in Psalms 59. The book of Psalms is full of praise, right? It's full of adoration. It's full of the celebration and thanksgiving of the Lord. And I just want to read you several scriptures today. I want you to hear the heart of the Psalms. Psalms 57 says, I will praise you, O Lord, among the people. That's corporate praise. I'll praise you among the people, and I will sing to you among the nations. Now, let me just say this to you today. Praise is not singing. Praise is thanksgiving. But you can praise when you sing. And as we were singing this morning, you know what we were doing? We were praising God. We were exalting God. We were magnifying God. We were glorifying the Lord. And the Psalms has said, I will praise you among the people as I sing before the nations. Let me encourage you in something. There is something unique, and we're going to see it today, and powerful about our corporate praise. And you should never come to church and listen to people on a stage sing. The people on the stage, let me just tell you what they're not. They're not entertainers. They are worship leaders. And their job is to lead us into worship. And you may be like me. You might think, well, Pastor Keith, I don't sing that well. Well, welcome to my world. Okay? So let me give you some good news. That's why you're out there and they're up here. <laughs> right? I actually worry about them on some Sundays because I mean, I'm sitting right there on the front row and they're up here and they're all trying to sing and I'm just belting it out, you know? And I'm thinking, I'm going to throw them off key any minute. I know it. I'm just going to mess them all up. But you know what? I don't care. You know why? Because they're here to lead us into praise. Praise is the opening of my mouth. It's not watching, watching, watching people praise Him. It's not having worship music on my phone and in my car 24 hours a day. Guess what? You can listen to 24-hour praise and worship music, and until you open your mouth, you've never praised the Lord. You ought to hear that. You've never praised God till you open your mouth. You can come to church, and you can listen and encourage and lift your hand and that would be praise. But the Bible actually says the sacrifice of praise is the fruit of your lips. You got to open your mouth and praise the Lord. 
Look at the next scripture, Psalms 61. So I will sing praises to your name forever that I may daily perform my vows. I will sing praises to your name forever. Psalm 69, I will praise the name of God with a song and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. You know what happens when you give praise and offer thanksgiving to God? God gets bigger. Now, he really doesn't get bigger because God is God with or without your praise. But how many of you know that when you put something under a magnifying glass, it doesn't change the size of the thing under the magnifying glass. It just changes your ability to see it. And when you offer the sacrifice of praise to God, it's not that God gets bigger. It's just that your vision of him begins to come into perspective. Because I'm just telling you, there's not a magnifying glass big enough to magnify how big God really is. And guess what when you do when you murmur and complain? You magnify your problem. The more you talk about your problem, the more you complain about your problem, the more you gripe about the people you work with, the more you grumble about the prices of gas. Well, aren't you glad you come to church today? The more you complain, the more you grumble, and the more you gripe, the bigger it gets. You magnify your problem, your pain, your difficulty, and your challenge. That's why you need to be cautious and careful about the words that are coming out of your mouth. Look what the next scripture says. The Psalms, this is just full. Psalms 86 says, I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forever. The Holy Spirit just checked my heart. He said, Keith, he said, the, song, the words of praise that come out of your mouth should be with all your heart. You should never scream louder for your team or at the television than you sing for me. With all your heart, I will praise the Lord with all my heart. Psalms 100, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Psalms 118 says, you are God and I will praise you and you are God and I will exalt you. Psalms 135 says, praise the Lord for the Lord is good. Sing praises to his name for it is pleasant. Psalms 149.1 says, praise the Lord, sing the Lord a new song. And his praise in the assembly of the saints. There it is, there's that corporate praise again. Psalms 149 verse 3 says, let them praise his name with dance. Come on, somebody. And let them sing praises to him with the timbre and with the harp. Dance before the Lord. Psalms 50 says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Let's talk about the power of praise. Look at that next point. Praise is powerful because it changes the atmosphere. It changes the atmosphere because God inhabits the praises of his people. Psalms 22 verse 3 says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits, or who is enthroned upon the praises of Israel. We're going to drill down into that little phrase. The word inhabits literally means to come down and dwell among them, but it also means to be seated or enthroned upon our praise. Thou art holy, O God, that inhabits the praises of Israel, that inhabits the praises of your people. You know why praise is so powerful? Because it changes the atmosphere. See, we know that God is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere all the time. 
But there's something powerful about praise because not only do we get to experience the omnipresence of God, but when you praise God, He inhabits the praises of His people, which means that your praise invites the manifest presence of God. God wants to show up and show out in your life. I'm glad that everywhere I go, I know that God is there, but I'm also glad when I get to feel Him. How about you? See, praise invites the manifest presence of God where he just shows up and all of a sudden he changes the entire atmosphere. We've all experienced that as we've come to church. We've all experienced that as we've gotten caught up in personal times of praise and worship. As I was praying and preparing this week, I was out in our little sunroom, and I would just begin to praise the Lord. I began to dance before the Lord, and I began to celebrate the Lord. And I'm just telling you, it was good. <laughs> It was good. I mean, I was having church all by myself because I wouldn't by myself. He showed up. Amen? I was thinking about the power of praise, and the Lord reminded me probably almost 30 years ago. Many of you know our story. Kelly went through a 10-year battle of severe depression, and, and God healed her and delivered her 20 years ago. And at the early stages of that, about a couple years into that battle, uh, I, I remember we had, we had to move in with my parents. She was suicidal. And we couldn't leave her by herself, so she had to have 24-hour day care. And so we moved in with my parents so they could help take care of her, and we could watch her and be with her. And, and I was struggling trying to go to work because somebody had to be with her. And I had an awesome job. I was full-time. I mean, I was, I was pastoring a, a small Methodist church, and I was working full-time at a build supply here in, in Bailenton. And, as, and I remember I'd missed several days of work because of the severity, severity of her depression, and she was really battling. And I finally got to go to work one day. And again, my boss was very gracious and kind. And I remember I went to work, and this was back before cell phones, and, and I, was, I got to work, my boss said, Hey, Keith, I need you to go to Birmingham, take the truck, go to Birmingham, pick up a load of pad. I worked in the carpet department. I was getting ready to leave, and the phone rang, and it was Kelly. And she was in distress. And she began to tell me that, that she was battling with suicidal thoughts and she said, I need you to come home. She said, I need you to come home. And the Holy Spirit immediately said, don't go home. He said, trust me. And so I said, baby, I can't come home right now. And I prayed with her, and I encouraged her, and I loved on her, and, and I hung up the phone. I walked out the door, and I went to get in the truck. And immediately, from the moment I hung up the phone, I walked out. I drove about 30 minutes down the road, and for those 30 minutes as I was driving down the road, I was tormented in my mind. Immediately the devil began to tell me, when you get home today, she's going to be dead and it's going to be your fault. She asked you for help and you didn't help her. You said you'd always be there and you weren't there for her today. Your kids are going to grow up without a mama. And for 30 minutes, those thoughts bombarded and tormented my mind. And I'm driving down the road in this little pickup truck. And the Holy Spirit reminds me of a message I'd heard. A, local, a pastor had preached and he, he shared a story. He said he was at his lowest point in his life. He lost his house. He lost his job. He lost his church. He was living in somebody's garage, sleeping on a cot. He said, I was at the lowest moment of my life, and he said, I didn't know what else to do. He said, so I remember getting out of my, rolling out of my cot, getting on my knees on the concrete floor in that, in that garage. He said, and I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to praise you. And the Lord reminded me of that. And so I'm driving down the road with one hand on the steering wheel. I lift my other hand up. And I said, God, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to praise you. And I don't know how the windows in that pickup truck didn't burst out. Because God himself showed up in that truck that day. The manifest presence of God boom, filled 
the cab of that truck and his presence consumed me. And in a moment, it didn't take five minutes, it didn't take 15 minutes, it didn't take 30 seconds. The moment the presence of God filled the cab of that truck, all that tormenting thought left me immediately. And all of a sudden, I began to find myself just praising God, and I began to rejoice, and I began to sing, and I began to shout. Before I knew it, I was praying, and I was declaring life and blessing. I was rebuking the devourer off my wife and off her life and off the future and the hope that God had for us. And I was decreeing and blessing the Lord in the cab of that truck that day. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I hope you have. And if you haven't, I hope you will after hearing what you hear today, because that is the power of praise. God inhabits the praises and that atmosphere changed in a moment all because God showed up. And and I want you to hear me today. I want you to hear me today. There is such a power in praise. Satan works overtime to keep your mouth shut. We come to church on Sunday morning with anointed worship and we sit there with our mouths shut. We have access 24-7 on our cell phones to anointed worship and we listen with our mouths shut. And with our mouths shut, and with our mouths shut, and with our mouths shut, we miss out on the presence of God that He is desiring and longing to manifest in our lives. He's just waiting on somebody to open their mouths so He can feel it. Amen. He's waiting on somebody just to open their mouths so God can fill your life with his presence. Praise not only changes the atmosphere. Look at that next point. But praise is powerful because, again, God is enthroned upon our praise. I want you to get that picture. God is enthroned. He takes a place of dominion and authority. Hear me. Praise takes dominion over our circumstances, refusing to allow Satan to steal, kill, or destroy. Praise takes dominion. When you begin to praise God in the storm, when you begin to praise God in the darkest moments of your life, when you begin to praise God when you're battling spiritually against the the tormenting thoughts of the enemy. Your praise takes dominion over your circumstances. Hear me. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control who reigns over you. And when you praise God in your storm, you take dominion and authority. God is enthroned on your praise. And all of a sudden, he takes dominion over that thing. And I want you to hear me today. If you can maintain your peace and your joy, then you've maintained your victory. I mean, think about that. If you can maintain your peace and your joy when all hell breaks loose and you get the worst report that you could ever imagine getting, if you can maintain your peace and your joy, you have won the day. And how do you do that? By praise. When you praise God circumstances, when you praise God in the midst of your hardest, darkest moments and times, your praise takes dominion and authority over the darkness of the enemy. And all of a sudden, you begin to reign and rule in that situation because God's peace is yours. Several years ago, I'll never forget, we had had a challenging week, and I came into church one Sunday morning, laid in her church. She said, Pastor Keith, how are you doing? And I'll never forget what I said. I said, well, I'm doing pretty good under the circumstances. And she looked at me, and she said, what are you doing under there? What are you doing under there? 
Let's be honest, most people live under their circumstances. Their joy, their peace, their happiness, their fruitfulness, everything about their life can almost automatically be directed to the circumstances of life. If they're happy, things are good. If they're mad, things are bad. If they're happy, things are good. If they're mad, then things are not good. And you can recognize most people are ruled by their circumstances. But the power of praise says, I can't control what happens to me, but I can control who rules, rules over me. And I'm going to praise God because I'm going to take dominion over the circumstances of my life. I'm not going to lose my joy and I'm not going to lose my peace. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Can I get an amen from somebody today? Praise God, praise God, praise God. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18. The Bible says this, In everything give thanks, which is praise by the way, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything give thanks. It doesn't say for everything, but it says in everything. In every circumstance, in every situation, in everything that comes your way. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Why? Why is it God's will that in my darkest, deepest hour I thank Him anyway? Let me tell you why. Because God wants to empower you to reign and rule over your circumstances instead of living under them. And God knows the way that you reign and the way that you rule is that you put praise in your mouth and in everything you praise him and in everything you give thanks to him and in everything you glorify him and when that happens what comes against you don't have authority over you because it's what's in you that reigns and rules over your life amen and God desires to empower his people to walk in victory over the circumstances of their life and everything give thanks Philippians 4 4 Paul goes on and says and rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice so let's talk about praise look at that next point it's the last point on your outline praise is powerful because it dispels the darkness it breaks strongholds and it creates an open heaven over your life I want you to hear this today Remember, do you remember this? We talked about last week. Every word that you speak is either unleashing the power of heaven or it's unleashing the power of hell. Praise is powerful because it dispels the darkness. Praise is powerful because it breaks the stronghold. Praise is powerful because it creates an open heaven in your life. Ephesians chapter 6. Look at this scripture. Paul says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Your enemy is not your spouse. Your enemy is not your co-worker. Your enemy is not the government. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Remember what Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. What was he saying? He was teaching us spiritual warfare. He was giving us an insight and a revelation that, hey, what I want to do in your life is powerful because your words are establishing things because you are at war. I don't know if you guys know this, but you're at war. And I want, I want to give you a little illustration today. I brought my little umbrella. I want you to imagine with me for just a minute that over every person's life there is a spiritual umbrella 
And this umbrella creates the environment that governs your life. Over every person, there is a spiritual umbrella that creates the environment that governs your life. A spiritual environment of life or death. A spiritual environment of blessing or cursing. A spiritual environment that invites the presence of God or opens the door for the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. And your words create this canopy. Because whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. You are creating a spiritual environment that governs your life. And we all know it's true. Because every one of you, think about this, every one of you have been places. You ever, have you ever been somewhere when you were there you thought, man, this is a dark place. Well, I just, I felt the oppression there. I felt evil there. Man, I don't know what it was about that place, but man, there was just something uneasy in my heart and my spirit when I was in that place. And we're not only feeling about certain places, but you've also felt it around certain people. You get around certain people and you're like, man, I don't know, there's just something ain't right. There, there, there's an evil there. there. There's a perversion there. There's, there's something there. And I just, I just don't feel right when I'm around that person. What that is, is that is discernment that is allowing you to recognize the spiritual environment that is around that person or that ruling over that place. Why? Because principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places is real. And every person is creating a spiritual environment in which you live. Now let me give you some good news. You get to control your spiritual environment. You get to control your spiritual environment, which simply means this. You can't blame anybody else for your bad attitude. Right? You get to control your spiritual environment. People say, well, I'm in a bad mood because of gas prices. No, you were in a bad mood when they were $2 a gallon. Now it's $5 a gallon. You're still in a bad mood. Right? You were grouchy then, you're still grouchy now. You were negative then, you're still negative now. You were complaining then, you're still complaining now. Let's just be honest. Because every person is creating a spiritual environment based on the words that you're speaking consistently and continually coming out of your mouth. And you get to create your own spiritual environment. You can create an open heaven or you can create an open door for Satan to still kill and destroy. An open heaven that allows the supernatural power of God to work in your life. Or you can create an open door of sin and destruction that allows the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. And it is totally your choice. Because whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. And you're creating an environment over your life. But let me give you another thought. Not only are you creating your own spiritual environment, but your environment now contributes to the spiritual environment of your family. Every person in your family has a spiritual umbrella. And every person in your family is creating an environment. And all of a sudden you realize, man, I'm contributing to the overall spiritual environment of my family. Well, Pastor Keith, does that mean I mean to be fearful when I go to work because I'm working with people that don't love God and they're heathens and they have a dark spiritual environment. No, you don't have to be fearful. You don't have to be afraid. You know why? Because the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. See, God doesn't let you pick up on that 
on that evil and that deception and that perversion so that you walk away in fear. God lets you discern that environment that's surrounding that person so that you can invade the darkness with the glory of God and you know how to pray and you know how to prophesy and you know what to say when you go into those people's lives. Way too many Christians are afraid of the darkness. All you got to do is just carry the light. Come on, somebody. And if you're creating an environment where the life and light of God, you can walk into the darkness. And there's not enough darkness in the world to pierce the light of Christ that burns and lives in you. Not enough darkness in the world, guys. And so all of a sudden we recognize something. We recognize that my environment is now contributing to the environment of my family. It's contributing to the environment of this church. Every Sunday you bring your spiritual umbrella and you contribute to the environment of this church. And we've seen the power of that, right? Have you ever witnessed to somebody? Have you ever prayed for somebody? I mean, you've been witnessing to them and you've been praying for them and you've been witnessing to them and you've been praying for them for years. And they come to church one time and they get born again. <laughs> they come to one church, they come to church one time and they get set free. They go through one encounter and all the chains of 40 years of bondage call, falls off their life and they walk out like a brand new person. You know why that is? It's the corporate impact of spiritual environments being created by people who have praise in their mouth. That's why when you come to church on Sunday morning and you don't open your mouth in praise, See, let me tell you something. A lost person can't affect my environment. And a lost person can't affect this environment. But a Christian can quench the Spirit and grieve the Spirit. See, I know churches that are afraid of lost people coming to their church because they're afraid those lost people are going to grieve the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Spirit, you can't grieve Him. The problem is not lost people, right? Let's fill this place up with lost people. They won't be lost long. I'm just telling you. They won't be lost long. The problem is that we got Christians that won't open their mouth. The problem is we got Christians that have been redeemed by the grace of God. You know what the Bible says in the book of Psalms? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Any redeemed people in the house today? Any redeemed people in the house today? I want you to do this. I want you to stand to your feet today. And we're just going to close today by just creating an environment. We're going to create an environment. Natalie and Owen's going to lead us in a song of praise and a song of worship. And if you know the words, you can follow along. If you don't, just praise God anyway. Right? Just envision right now that you're creating a spiritual covering, that you're creating an atmosphere where the presence of God can move. And there are people here today that need to be healed. And there are people here today that need to be delivered. And there are lost people here today that need to be saved. And there are people watching online. Let me tell you what's awesome about the presence of God. What happens here transfers there. <laughs> Woo! Think about that. What happens here transfers right there. Kelly got saved, married to a preacher. That was me. Watching a TV evangelist on TVN. Because what happens here happens there. Because the presence of God is tangible and transferable. The Bible says the Apostle Paul, they would take handkerchiefs from him and Peter and they'd take them to sick people. 
and they would be healed. Why? Because the anointing of God is transferable and it's tangible. And God can reach right through that camera right there and He can touch somebody on the other side of the world and they can be saved, set free, and made whole because Liberty Church in Arab, Alabama said, hey, we're going to create an atmosphere. We're going to be a people of praise. And we're going to open our mouth. And we're going to praise the Lord. So let's just begin to do that. If you want to come to the altar and worship Him, you can. If you want to dance, you can dance. If you want to shout, you can shout. We're just going to get a little crazy with it. How about that? Is that okay with you guys? And we're going to let the Lord work. Miss Natalie, I'm going to turn it over to you and Owen. And let's just worship the Lord. Let's praise His name this morning. we thank you today, God, that we still have a reason to praise, Lord, that you're still on the throne and that you're still good. Yes, Lord. When I'm at my head, you just get started. When I hit a wall, you just walk through. When I face a mountain, you Whatever I'm feeling 
this morning. Come on, don't stop. Oh, Jesus, you're worthy. Come on, guys, open your mouth. Oh, sing out Just a song to, to him this morning. Begin to praise him. Begin to praise him. Oh, it's you, Jesus. You keep us going. Thank you for rescuing us, God. Yes, of praise continually be in our lips and be in our mouth and we give you glory today in Jesus name amen and amen give him one more hand clap of praise today amen amen Woo. why don't you look at your neighbor tell somebody praise looks good on you Amen. Amen. All right. We love you guys. God bless you. Remember to stop by and adopt a backpack before you leave today. Pick up your kids. Let our children's workers know how much we love them and appreciate them today. God bless you guys. We love you.